Hi, and welcome to That Happy Habit, the podcast, a space where I, your host, Meg Goodman, discuss mindset, habits and routines, personal experience, and self-development. Hi, and welcome back to another episode. So excited to have you here. Today, me and my cousin Esme are going to be discussing imposter syndrome. Um, But I won't introduce her. I'm going to let her introduce herself in the main episode, which I know she does really well. Um, Before we get into the imposter syndrome episode, I'm going to do a quick weekly recap. I've been hustling a lot at work. Um, Mostly it's been consisting of the school musical. It happens in three weeks, and I'm so excited. If you are in the Otago region and you want to come see a killer school musical please get in touch with me and I'll let you know how to get there because it's going to be so good um along with school netball coaching started up so that's a bit of fun for my Thursday nights definitely makes it a bit busy but it's still something that I enjoy so as long as I'm enjoying it it's worthwhile Yoda's going outside at the moment so he went outside today in the rain and it was hilarious because when he came back in he did this big meowing cry as he was soaking wet but he was I wrapped him in a towel and gave him a proper dry down and he was just so cute he's a little sweetheart And obviously we've got Esme staying for the long weekend because it is the king's birthday tomorrow, the day this gets published. So can't really complain about having a long weekend. Not too much to go off. Um, I'm definitely, for the business, putting a lot of my time into trying to get these desk pads up and running. I am hoping to have the giveaway live in July. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I'm super excited. I've had some really cool sponsors come through for this giveaway And I think it's going to be a really cool chance just to give a little bit back to my community and to you guys for listening and supporting me. So before we get into the episode, I'll give you my recommendation for the week. So do something for you every day is my recommendation. I found with work being really busy and it being tough sometimes, when I'd come back from a really hard day, I would need to do something for me, whether that's you put on your headphones and sing a song at the top of your lungs, or you go to the gym, or you go for a walk, or you call a friend, or you sit with your cat and cuddle on the couch, but just doing something that's not relevant to anyone else. You could, it's it's almost like nobody knows you're there, or you're just existing in your own bubble, because sometimes you can get so caught up in the fact that you need to do things for other people that you forget that you're actually the main character and you're the reason that you get up every morning. So make sure you look after you. It's really important. There will be a mini-series coming to do with that on That Happy Habit social media this week. So if you're interested in having a look at that, that will be over there. But if not, let's get into imposter syndrome. Today we are going to be talking about imposter syndrome and you may notice straight away that it is not just me. So firstly I'm going to pass over to Esme so she can introduce who she is. Hey everyone, my name is Esme. I am Meg's cousin. Um, I am a musical theatre performer and currently work as an activities coordinator at an old folks home. 
Fun times. Yeah. Uh, bit of a fun fact for you all. Me and Ismay were best, friend, best friends growing up. We were besties. <laughs> People thought we were sisters, actually. Yeah, a lot of time. I would say we look quite similar, too. Like, same face shape and eye colour and stuff. Yeah. And um, we, I remember I had this, I don't know if you remember, in year three, we had to make posters and you had to put who your best friend was. And you didn't put me, but I put you. <laughs> and I was like, my best friend's Ismay. <laughs> That's so sweet. I still Don't have it. it. I think you put some. I think it was like Liana or someone. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, fair enough. <laughs> it's all good. You were funny. My second best. Friend. Oh, yeah, thanks, Ismay. Not for the day, you know. <laughs> yeah. It always changes. It changes at that age. But just to say, we are pretty close, and yeah. it's uh, the first time in a long time Ismay's come to visit me down here. Yeah. First time since Josh and I have had our house, and we've been in our new space, so it's really nice to have her down. Yeah. COVID put a, a damper on travel for a bit there as I'm based in Auckland so we had a few yeah a few hiccups trying to get A to B yeah but we're here now yeah and we've been up a couple of times too so it's nice just to re-catch up and really cool chance to speak on a really interesting topic that I hope all of you are going to enjoy so Ismay being Ismay did some fact checking on this which I love (laughs) because I'm quite a rogue person so so I love that there's some actual evidence to this um Ismay's going to start with what is imposter syndrome and where did it come from yeah I was really curious as to like where it had actually originated because obviously I feel like a lot of people feel it everyone has felt it at some point in their life so I just googled it and it came up saying that imposter syndrome is um, when people doubt their skills talents or accomplishments and have a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud I was like, oh, my God, that sounds quite intense. The word fraud really hit, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I listen to lots of scammy podcasts, like where people talk about like fraudsters and scams. Okay. And every time I create something for the business or I create something that I sell, I feel like a fraud. Mm -hmm. I feel like I am scamming people. And I literally, I have to sit and go through it in my head and go, you are not scamming people. You are providing them with a product that they are happy to pay for. Yeah, and if people weren't happy to pay for it. They wouldn't pay for it. I know. And it's so it's so ridiculous it feels ridiculous to say out loud but you can't help but think it absolutely and that's probably my one of my imposter syndrome things that we'll come to later but Mm. yeah well it sort of originated in like the 1970s when um two psychologists had years of counseling people who were really highly accomplished like professors administrators and students and um they just didn't know why there was this you know, common theme of people having so much self-doubt, even though the proof is in the pudding that they were actually really successful people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they coined the, the term imposter syndrome. And I would say it's really taken off. Like people mm. really, and like I would say I resonate with it very easily, the term imposter. Yeah. Because you feel like you're being someone you shouldn't be. Yeah. Which is a really tough feeling. I was I was listening to a good podcast the other day called Diary of the CEO. Mm-hmm. And it was talking, I can't remember his name, but he's the editor for Vogue. Oh. And like, he's like, his career is phenomenal. He like designs clothes and he's just an amazing, outstanding person. And he says every day he turns up to work, he feels like he doesn't belong there. Really? And I'm like someone who's, who's thinking he's 65 or 50, like, you know he's in that kind of age bracket and I'm like you felt that your whole life yeah I was like we're 24 and we're feeling like this I don't want to feel like this my whole life yeah absolutely I'm hoping I hit a point where I go actually I deserve to be here yeah. <laughs> you know but you it's have those those tools and and like exercises to try to kind of combat those feelings and reassure yourself that it's just a feeling that will pass because... and you do belong there yeah 
That's so fascinating that the, what did you say, editor? Editor of Vogue. That's crazy because nobody's put in that position without having worked. some kind of relevant experience and talent that somebody He sees. literally worked in the same job for 20 years. It's like, I don't think I've worked at a job for two years. No, neither. <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe this is why. Probably, yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's kind of crazy to think that someone that high up can feel like that. And then even like... I was we my principal we were having like a leadership thing where he came in to speak to my class and I listened to his journey and he leaped to the role of principal well well before his experience said he was ready wow and I was like how impressive and he does such a phenomenal job and I'm like if he could just he just backed himself Mm. he didn't think he didn't even have that hesitating moment where he goes well what if this isn't going to work yeah he just went well this has to work because I'm putting all my eggs in this basket yeah you know I mean even when I was looking online it said that people actually blame their success on just like luck or by the happening by the word lucky yeah oh she's so lucky or he's so lucky he he was lucky he got there and I'm like that's actually not luck it's hard work yeah it's a lot like 95 percent hard work five percent luck and it's right place right time yeah but you're only in the right place at the right time because you've worked hard to get there absolutely yeah i yeah totally understand yeah or people can blame their success on like a connection or a relationship that they have to someone else oh yeah like that really happens in musical theater um you know where i even felt it earlier this year when i got a, a job for a few months in musical theater and i was thinking to myself like oh, uh, you know, I probably only got it because, like, I've worked with that director before or, I, you know, I, I was friends with this person who said that I should do it or... But then but then you have to think, right, but you, you were amazing when you worked for that director before, so he goes, oh, well, I want to rehire you. Absolutely. And your friend thinks really highly of you, so they're going to go, well, of course we should hire Esme. She's a really hard worker and she's going to put 110 into this. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think that so much self-doubt can creep in like that. And it comes out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden you'll be doing something and then you go, oh, am I qualified to do this? Yeah. And I'm like, do successful people think that? But clearly they do. Like, Clearly it's everywhere. Yeah. I yeah. would say, like, that's probably what a lot of celebrities feel like as well, you know. How did they get there? Yeah. <laughs> and especially with TikTok and social media these days, it's it's fast. Like, mm-hmm. people climb from zero to 100 so quickly and then have people looking up to them and they weren't – nobody educates you on how to do that or how to be there, so they don't actually know it. Like, and you, f- you forget to humanise them. Yeah, absolutely. They're just normal people with emotion. Yeah, and online culture can also just be so toxic if you if you can if sometimes fall into those spaces online. But it's yeah. just about having that constant check of like, I'm good enough to be in this space, and I deserve good to be here, to be absorbing the the kind of information that's going to help me grow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, where in your life have we experienced? Imposter syndrome. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Um. So we kind of mentioned it earlier, but being a business owner, mm-hmm. um, it's something I've in my heart always known I've wanted to do. But it's the idea of going from where I am now to doing it full time. Mm-hmm. And so, I, for those of you who probably may not have known before, I teach full time. And that's my nine to five. Well, I say nine to five in loose terms. Those who teach know it's much more than nine to five. Um, And I now need to figure out how I get from being a nine to five teacher 
to a 24-7 business owner Mm. because you can't do both at the same time. So I'm probably splitting my time 50-50 or maybe 40-40 and then 20% is personal life. Mm. So how do I go to give it 80% to my business? So I'm I'm looking at my next steps and and every time I think, oh, I could go relieve next year and then maybe do one day of my business, a part of me goes, oh, but you're not going to earn enough to, to have your day mm-hmm. and I there's this little part that goes and it's like you're not good enough to earn enough to do that day and I and I can't shut it down and I'm, I've got a I've got six months to shut it down so I've got time and a bit of time to practice but it's just so fascinating and like I've come so far I started this business in September last year mm-hmm. I didn't pay for the legal rights to the business in Dece- until December last year so that's seven months and I didn't even know what I wanted it to be when I paid for the name. I was like, I just know that I want it to be called this. I know I wanted that happy habit, but I didn't know how to get it from A to B. And it was terrifying to buy the business name. It was terrifying to start the podcast. Mm-hmm. It was that every step has been hard. So I just need to remind myself, this is just another step. Yeah. And it's going to take stepping stones to get there. But yeah. Which is also like such a fascinating thing because when you experience imposter syndrome, it feels like such a personal attack and a personal like absolutely that you have to manage but just you saying that then I'm like you are like the most qualified person I know to talk on these topics I know speaking from experience you've had so much experience in these areas I I don't see why you got a conversation I had so it's taken me a while to realize that I own this and I can do this so I was sitting on camp with one of my colleagues and I said to him I owned a business and I told him what it was about. And that was massive for me because it was it was connecting my working life to my personal life mm-hmm. and going, well, I can actually tell my colleagues that this is what I do and they can understand that this is my long-term goal and that teaching isn't my long-term goal and that's okay. Um, but I told him that I wanted to do coaching and go down all that route and I said, oh, I just don't know if I feel old enough yet. And he said to me, he's like, Meg, I'm 48 and you give me life advice. <laughs> <laughs> he was like when will you be old enough yeah. he's like you're 20 well, I was 23 at the time he's like you're 23 and giving a 48 year old life advice and and it's good he's like what you're telling me is good and I can actually take it and use it so I, I had to have like a bit of a check in and go okay maybe I actually could do this yes, <laughs> yeah absolutely that's so nice that he said that mm, it was really nice he's a he's a like um honest person which is good yeah yeah I think that's also really important to have those people in your life that you can go to when those kinds of thoughts. And they're probably following careers that had I not tried to do something like had that happy habit, I would be doing teaching through to them because I enjoy it for the most part. Yeah. But I want a job that I love. Yeah. Mm. And I see how much joy you put into Mm. this. I love it. What are we sitting 4pm on a Sunday afternoon (laughs) recording this podcast? You know, on the the weekend that you've come to visit me. Like, it's not like we had to... We had to do this. We want to do this. Yeah. Mm. What about you? Musical theatre must be a pretty big stage for it. Yeah. Well, yes. Like I said before, it, it can. I think the most common thing that I feel is often like when I get auditions or get work, I I start to think about those connections that I've had and those thoughts of like, you know, I'm not good enough. Come in and and I feel like I'm a fraud in this position, but. It really, half of the business is who you know, and that is actually how you get work. So that shouldn't be a reason why I should feel ashamed for being successful in those areas. Because obviously those people that I've made connections with have had a good connection with me and therefore try to get me more work or try to, you know, 
bring my name up in conversations yeah. where they think I fit. So it's like not a bad thing. So it's so interesting that that is the one that comes up for me. But I think also I feel that kind of managing my business as an actor as well as kind of a day job, um, I feel that it can bring up a lot of imposter syndrome when I'm at my day job and people are asking me, you know, oh, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, well, I'm actually an actor as well. Yeah. Um, and that can be quite an interesting response from people when they say, oh, you know, you're going to be on Shorty Street or you're going <laughs> to... Yeah, well, they're instantly connecting to, like, traditional routes yeah. of acting, whereas there are so many ways to get from A to B in acting. Yeah, and I do it because it's such a passion. And I think people can say things like that with good intentions or often they'll say, oh, there's not a lot of money in that. Yeah. Or, and they don't have a lot of an idea of what that industry looks like, so I don't blame them. But those kinds of conversations at my day job can bring up imposter syndrome because I think maybe they're right and maybe totally. they're better than me because they're older. Because they're older and then you assume that they do know better because yeah. they are older, absolutely. So I'm so glad that you had that experience with this. Yeah, and <laughs> someone can actually bring it back. Yeah. Um, we've both gone over, over a couple of experiences we've had with imposter syndrome and I'm sure that that is not all we've experienced I know I can think of maybe five or six other examples just off the top of my head yeah but for the sake of the podcast <laughs> and the sake that people I intend to keep these around 25 minutes yeah. um we'll move on to the why we think we experience imposter syndrome would you like me to go first or you to go first yeah you can go okay um so this came actually out of a conversation that I had with Taylor my best mate um we when I went up to visit her we sat down and we went through that I wanted to become a content creator or for lack of a better word an influencer mm-hmm. um even then don't want to say it yeah I don't know I forced myself not to say it <laughs> yeah does that come from like something inside you about it comes from a conversation I had with Grace okay I told her I wanted to be an influencer and she goes oh that's that's really hard to do do you usually want to do that oh and I don't know why. And it's not like it was even super negative what she said. It was just yeah. her opinion. Yeah. And she's allowed to give her opinion. It's just enough sometimes to knock us off. Yeah, it is enough to go, oh, maybe. And especially because Grace is someone I followed a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. Like I followed her in schools. I followed her in the way she grew up, the way she dressed, the way she acted because she was my older sister. Yeah. So for her to say that, I kind of go, oh, well, maybe I don't want to do this. When I do, I really do want to do it. But something that we came to the crux of was that I never felt like my body, my relationship with my body image was ever enough. Like I didn't think, I look at people online and I look and I go, well, I don't look like them. Mm. And then then I'm, I'm I, and my, I must admit, I've gotten so much better. At, like I don't actually use social media a lot. I post, yes, I post on social media, but I don't sit and scroll as much as I used to. So I'm finding removing that element is helping and just realizing that I fill a space. So I'm filling a niche and a market in social media. So no wonder nobody else looks like me yeah. because I'm filling what I want to see on social media, you know? I need to get rid of that whole idea that I have to fit a certain bracket and be my own bracket. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's helping with my imposter syndrome because it's, like, even when I started posting regularly on the page, it was hard to just go, well, I'm going to commit to posting daily. Mm. You know? Like, this is social media. Oh, this is the reason I didn't start a YouTube for months. I was like, well, I'm not a YouTuber. (laughs) hi welcome back to my youtube channel (laughs) you know what i mean like it's like i'm gonna we're gonna upload this to youtube and that feels so foreign yeah like it feels like such a hard concept but 
what makes you a YouTuber? What makes you qualified to do that? Nothing. The fact that you upload videos. Yeah, to YouTube the fact that you upload it. Yeah, you're a YouTuber. <laughs> like literally. Yeah, I'm an influencer. I influence one thousand four hundred people on my yeah. Instagram. Yeah. I influence hundred subscribers. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that is an influence. Yeah. yeah. Like there's people that follow me that I don't know, and that that's cool. I have so made cool. connections with people, and I I help people that I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. And so why would you want to look like everyone else and feel? Yeah. And why would I? That someone is already filling yeah know, like i'm not so trying important. to i think yes i've got i have like role models like i have people yeah. that i've watched their businesses grow someone like beck stewart or georgie stevenson i've watched both of them flourish on the internet and i just go wow what inspirational woman mm-hmm. you know and it's not saying i would necessarily want to follow in the exact path they've done but they've done something very similar to what I want to do. So why not me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, why not me? And like, that is the complete opposite to imposter syndrome. Yeah. Because imposter syndrome would say, well, why me? Why do I do Yeah, this? so I'm flipping the mindset. Well, why not me? So, you know, for so long I looked at him and went, well, why me? Why would I? Like, let's say, but why not me? Absolutely. Yeah. That is so important. Yeah, so it's been a big, big journey, but I feel like I'm really getting there. Mm. Yeah, how about you? In terms of my why. Yeah, your why. Oh, I don't know. I feel like it's always really hard. I think often it comes down to the the thought that, yeah, like somebody else has more experience than me. Somebody else has already done that job, so mm. we know that they can do it. Yeah. Um, and also in the acting world, it is very much like, how do I know I'm what they're looking for? Because here's a whole list of reasons why I'm not what they're looking for. It's like, well, I can't judge that. I'm not allowed to actually be in that position because I'm not the one that is making those decisions. If someone thinks I'm right for the role, for the job, for the whatever it is, then I'm right for it and I should take that opinion. And if they say I'm not right for it, then don't take it to heart, you know? Yeah, and that must have been such a hard shift. Did you find that initially you took it to heart when you didn't get roles? Yes, because it's... It's hard when you connect to a script or a role yep. or the audition went really well and so you get excited and then to, often you don't hear back, you don't hear a no, you just don't receive anything. So That's so hard. <laughs> so hard. That and, and because you're sitting there going, well, a, a no yeah. would have been nice, some form of closure yeah. to just go, well... And then that that then in turn makes your imposter syndrome worse. Absolutely. Because you haven't been given an answer. So yeah you then think, am I even right to be doing this industry? Absolutely. But you are, because you're amazing at it. Yeah, and, and like, who's to say that I'm not? Who's to say that I'm not right for any of those roles? I could have been right for every single role I applied for. But that person... For, and there was something else in the way that stopped it. And so it's so out of my control. It's the same with job interviews for a day job, like away from the acting world. Um you know, I can go in with the most qualifications that I could get and I might not be picked. And that's not up to me and that shouldn't reflect the way I feel about myself yes. to a damaging extent. I know? remember when I applied for a job at the end of last year and I didn't get it and it was a job in town. It was perfect. I was perfect for the role. I had every every bullet point that they said I answered Yeah. and I still didn't get it and I lost out to a 40-year-old man 
because they need Matt, they wanted a male teacher and also he had had more experience with different things that they didn't know they were looking for until they met him. Yeah. And sometimes that's the case. I remember with the job I have now, when I applied for this job, they didn't know they were looking for someone with a science degree as their base. Mm -hmm. But when they met me, they went, oh, actually we do long-term, we want a science teacher. Yeah. So they were, yeah. So they didn't know that they were looking for me until they met me. Yeah. And that can be a lot of that, a lot of the case. And so then how do you, how do you remove the imposter when that's not you? Yes. Because it's so well and good to say when it is you mm-hmm. that it, there were, I've always said 45 job applications prior to getting the one I got. Mm. So it's not like it was easy. Yeah. You know? But it just proves that you shouldn't let that voice stop you from trying to be in the room. And just apply. And, and be yourself and just be there because they don't even know what they're looking no, for. No, they don't even know what they're looking and for. It, it, why not you? It could be it, you. Why not you? This is like our model of this. <laughs> why not me? <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, generally I think it for me it's just that I get down to it and I think maybe I don't have the qualification or experience they're looking for or there's definitely someone that's older and has, yeah. has those kinds of experiences more so than I do. But... I just have to keep getting into the room and keep trying. And... Yeah, well, the more you're there, the more you wear down this imposter syndrome because Absolutely. you tell yourself, I am worthy of being here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, what would you say to yourself one year ago? If you would tell, I think, when I think of one year ago, I think of someone who was so scared to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. I wanted a podcast. I remember we talked about it when I we were in year 10. Yeah. Talked about me having a podcast or me having a YouTube channel. And we talked about it in year 10. What was it? 14. I would have been 14 when we talked about that. I'm 24 and doing it now. And I think had I started when I was 14, yes, it would have looked different. Mm -hmm. But wow, you know. So even a year ago, I was so hesitant to start that. I didn't start this until six months ago. So so much can happen in a year so my piece of it what would you say to yourself a year ago and then how could you apply it to yourself now man I mean I would just say what we've said this whole time is like why not you because that is just the quickest way I feel like you can kind of talk away that voice of imposter syndrome because everyone has a very unique experience of life even if you've gone through some of the same things as billions of other people yeah your voice is so important and we wouldn't be an integrated society if we didn't have everyone's voice you know in the pool of things yeah and so why not me my voice is important speak up because you've got one and you never know who might be listening who that you know yeah you don't know who needs to hear it Mm. That's nice. That's really lovely. Thanks. I wrote something down, but whether or not it's too relevant, I'll read it. Don't um, um, Don't hold yourself back. It's not going to always be comfortable to chase your dreams, but that shouldn't stop you. Beautiful. Yeah, I just found that I've always had these dreams. Like I, whenever I look at it, I've started how many Instagrams before I stuck to this one and actually yeah. wasn't afraid to put my face in it. Yeah. And the thing that gets me is if I had chased my dreams earlier and it's hard not to look back and go the what ifs, Mm -hmm. but then I have to look and go, but I started now. I could have been 36 and saying, man, I wish I started when I was 24, but I've started now. Yeah. So I'm actually ahead. Yeah. So no matter what I'm ahead. So I need to follow the why not me Mm -hmm. and just chase every dream, chase every goal, chase every opportunity because it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And to get to comfort, you have to go through discomfort. Yeah. So any kind of change and growth and success is not always going to be that easy. Absolutely. 
Oh, this is a beautiful part to end. I know. It's, it's been so lovely, Esme. Thank you so much for having me on. No, it's, it's lovely. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of That Happy Habit, the podcast. If you're keen to hear more about us or find us elsewhere, you can find us over on Instagram and TikTok at That Happy Habit. Further, you can find us on Shopify at That Happy Habit where we've released our four-week productivity planner. If you had time, could you please leave a comment or a review in the section below? We really appreciate your support and this is how others find our podcast. Or easier, you could just share it with someone that you know. Thank you so much. Bye.